Are you ready, Jerry? I'm ready. I just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Show me the money. Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome into another Fantasy Stock Exchange video. Today, we're doing our consensus quarterbacks 1 through 12. We'll have running backs, we'll have tight ends, we'll have wide receivers on the channel as well. But today is all about the quarterback position. Before we do anything else, let's hit the intro. What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Quarterback rankings? Alrighty, so these are our quarterbacks, 1 through 12. If you want to get access to our 13 through however many we want to rank, go down below. There's a link. All you got to do is just put in your email. By putting in your email, you'll have early access to all our rankings, uh, discount codes we're going to be running for our draft guide in season package. Maybe Tyler will write up some funny emails to send to you guys. Maybe some shade. I don't know. He'll do something funny for sure. So with that being said, in the middle of the screen, I'm not going to point. You see quarterbacks 1 through 12. Some of these are tied, but we're just going to list them out as like 1 through 12. And we'll kind of go through and talk about them. So really, um, at the top, we have Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are tied at uh, 1A and 1B. So we're just going to start off basically – not we're going to be saying why not the other person if that makes sense so like personally I have Lamar at one along with Corey and then Tyler and Danny have Lamar at two so so Corey why do you have not Mahomes at two I guess you could say well so I have Lamar at one and it's basically just because he's basically an RB1 and a quarterback at the same time just his his rushing volume I'm sure it'll it'll regress at some point but I think his his uh, touchdowns, his rushing touchdowns sh should regress to offset that. I think he's just a bit safer on a week by week basis because Mahomes is like he he can move a little bit, but he's nowhere near Lamar. So that's, I mean, they're both elite quarterbacks. That's just splitting hairs for me. Yeah, I just wanted to touch upon that. Uh, obviously, I'm on the other spectrum. I have uh, Mahomes at one, Lamar two. Again, pick your flavor because these guys are uh, the one one and two, but basically across the industry. Uh, for me, the reason why I prefer Mahomes is because uh, we, we've seen it. I mean, the, the surrounding cast that Mahomes has, that offense is going to be at the very minimum top two in the league. He's going to throw for 40 touchdowns. Whereas with Lamar, although, like, I, I get it from the from a floor baseline, like you're getting the rushing, you're getting the passing. But, uh, again, Corey mentioned the rushing touchdown uh, percentage is going to go up. I also believe that the passing touchdown percentages are going to decrease. I mean, he had 36 touchdowns from barely any attempts last year. That's going to decrease probably to around uh, the mid-20s, if I were to guess. But, I mean, again, you're splitting hairs here. If you want more of a floor play because of the rushing upside, you go with uh, Lamar. But I just think overall Mahomes may have a higher ceiling simply because I don't see any scenario he doesn't throw 40 touchdowns. Yeah. Tyler, do you need – yeah, go for it. Yeah, so, yeah, I back that too. I mean, he finished as a quarterback seven last year in standard and PBR. Um, not that that matters for quarterbacks. But, um, yeah, no, he missed three games last year. And that was kind of a hit on his production. He still was a clear quarterback one last year. And I think – He's already kind of shown that he can be that that quarterback one. I think he'll just go right back to form um, in, in 2020. And, yes, I do believe in Lamar uh, as a quarterback for this year, but I do think teams are going to slowly start figuring him out. I, I think that's just, just kind of built into it. Yes, his running game is still going to be quite effective, but they did draft a running back as well. So 
they're not just counting on a, uh, at the time last year, 29 year old running back. Now they got, uh, he's 30, but they also got JK Dobbins. So they were going to count on running the ball a little bit more. I still think he's going to be very effective. He's wise, my number two. Uh, but I just would rather have Patrick Mahomes in his passing um, over Lamar's rushing right now. Yeah, to me, it comes down, I'll just kind of make my case. So there's kind of a couple components to it. So we say we've never seen it before and that it's going to regress. But we don't really put that into context. We've never seen a running quarterback with the TD rate he had last year. So we had a 9% TD rate. The average of the top 40 fantasy quarterbacks was 4.5. So if you apply that to his passing touchdowns, he would still finish with 18 more points than Deshaun Watson as the QB1. So it doesn't matter if he was average at passing, which he's not. He's a good passer. The offense really didn't change. They lost Marshall Yonda, but they're probably going to go get Larry Warford, Jason Peters. They're going to make the offensive line work. It's not that big of a deal. In his schedule, he has the, um, the third easiest explosive rush defense uh, strength of schedule he's playing, as well as um, I think number four passing defense he's playing. And we all know how this offense works. They run the ball, and then if you give them an easy schedule, they're going to run all over teams. We saw that last year. And another interesting stat, too, I think plays into sort of the – Teams will figure him out. So last year, if you had to guess, when you think of Lamar, how many broken tackles? You don't have to actually answer. You think he would have had last year? He only probably, had. Three. I was going to say he probably he probably didn't have many because every, every time you watch the highlights, he wasn't even getting touched. Exactly. So he had the most um, yards before contact per attempt out of all running backs, quarterbacks, wide receivers, you name it. But it was 1.5 more yards than Raheem Mostert, which was in second. So even if we see him regress to 4.5% TD rate, we see maybe J.K. Dalvin slides into Gus Edwards' role. They're going to have an easier rushing schedule. They're going to be winning games. They're going to be running the ball a lot more. And say his yards after yards before contact decreases, he still has a 1.5 yards ahead of the next best. So to me, it's just even if there's a decrease, which there will be a decrease in TD rate, he's still – outweighs Mahomes you could say and we also saw with Mahomes last year that the whole team took a step back in efficiency because without that rushing upside like you can't repeat what Mahomes did that two years ago every single year it's just not possible without running for x amount of yards because fantasy points are way the same or not way the same but a fantasy point is x amount of rushing yards or passing yards but for Mahomes it's mainly all passing yards I think just Lamar yes he's going to regress but we've never I think the rushing is just going to cancel out the regression it's not going to matter to a certain extent yeah that, that was my point basically the rushing touchdowns too as i mentioned they are due for positive regression in, in the in the uh in the positive nature like i said and lamar to me i don't know like the the broken tackle thing i i think that like that is obvious like that's that's completely based on Lamar's game like I think he's always going to be a super elusive um, running quarterback I don't think he's ever gonna like the 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 narrative that he's going to take too many hits and stuff or like you might take Mahomes over him because the risk of injury or whatever well Mahomes got injured and Lamar didn't last year so to me plus his his efficiency as you mentioned his touchdown rate coming down to four and a half percent I always think Lamar Jackson's going to be the type of quarterback that's going to be over the baseline efficiency for other quarterbacks just because teams are not worried about his arm. So I think he's probably like his career average, like for the, like I'm just projecting this will probably be around the five and a half rate just because it's not his primary threat to defenses. For sure. Yeah, I just kind of, yeah, go for it. I just want to say, I wanted to touch up upon that. Uh, you said that, uh, don't get me wrong. Like Mahomes' main baseline is going to be his passing line. It's going to be, he's going to throw for 4,500 plus yards, going to throw for 40 touchdowns. I mean, we all kind of recognize that. But I do think he does have some up, some rushing upsides simply because 
I mean, we even saw in the playoffs, like when the thing, when things break down, he's able to escape the pocket. He's able to get yards with his legs. Like even on the goal line, I mean, we saw he had some rushing volume in terms of the red zone. I mean, he's all in the Super Bowl. Uh, so while it's not even close to what you're going to get from Lamar, I'm not comparing them from a rushing standpoint. I do think Mahomes does bring a little bit of juice in that uh, department. And I wanted to kind of combat the, uh, the rushing volume of uh, Lamar. Well, I don't think it's going to fall off a cliff because obviously he's probably the most elusive player in the entire league. I mean, we can all agree on that. Uh, 1,200 rushing yards from a quarterback is just unsustainable. So, I just, is it though? Because we've never oh. seen with the base, like with the team, with the Lamar's skill set. He broke three tackles. You're telling me if he needs to break tackles, he can't do it. He will break tackles if it's presented upon. But he's such a good runner that no one can catch up to him. So I like just, it's, we we've never seen it. Yeah, we also never seen Mahomes do what he did when he did it, and everyone was like, "But it's sustainable because it's him." But just because we saw with a running quarterback, you can't just assume it's not sustainable. And you mix in like the top three easiest run strength of schedule i don't think there's any way he doesn't get a thousand rushing yards next year like he uh, he's he's a different animal like yeah like we can point to like previous quarterbacks like michael vick or whatever but michael vick didn't get as many design runs as lamar does and the falcons weren't good when he played with them too like, yeah they were good because they weren't a 14 and 2 team with an elite defense mm-hmm. i yeah, think I mean, one thing on top of your like average td rate td rate is touchdowns divided by interceptions the thing with lamar is he's not going to throw a lot of interceptions because when he doesn't like what's in front of him, he's just, just take off. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Jameis Winston. I'm not going to, it's a bad example, but it's not like he doesn't run the ball that much. So he just throws it when, because he doesn't want to take a sack. No quarterback wants to take a sack. Lamar doesn't take sacks because he just runs at least get zero yards by getting back to the line of scrimmage. I don't think we're going to see like, obviously 9% just based on numbers is going to go down, yeah. but I think right around like six is probably his TD rate. And even if it goes down to four, he's still going to have 10 to 15 rushing touchdowns anyway. So it's not going to matter in that perspective. We'll, we'll I, move on to our, our so first. I just, I just wanted to say one last thing. Uh, when I said TD rate, I meant like overall touch on, the touch on passes divided by overall completions. I didn't mean it necessarily on uh, – Oh, yeah, sorry. I, yeah. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, no worries. All right, so our next uh, tied, so our three and four, but our three A, three B, are Kyler and Dak. Um, we kind of are all sort of not all over the place, but just kind of mixed in here. Um, so we'll just start off with Kyler. Um, I'm trying to see who the highest is. So I guess it's I'm the lowest, so I'll go since you were just kind of tied. So the, I'm really the lowest. Not really like I don't like him by any means. I just have Dak and Russ over him. Every year people don't like to believe in Russ and he finishes a top five quarterback. It's not very like consistent, but he still does. So I'm just going to rank him there. Um, and no matter who Russ had on his team, he finishes that high. Dak to me is just repeating off what he did last year, the rushing upside. He was a little lower in terms of uh, where he was at in terms of touchdowns and red zone rushes, stuff like that. And they're just going to throw the ball a lot. Um, But Kyler, I believe, I think we're all believing in it just because we saw what Lamar did with his legs last year. So I think everyone's higher on him because they're like, oh, Lamar can do it. He can do it. But the Cardinals still really aren't that good of a football team. We can't bank on one receiver that really doesn't move the needle in terms of you think about, a guy like Julio Jones just dominates a game. DeAndre Hopkins really doesn't dominate a game or dominate a defense. He just catches the safe first downs, catches 10 balls a game, just make sure that you move the needle. So, yes, that could help. I don't know what role he's going to play in that offense, but I think Kyler's still not there yet in terms of breakout potential. Um, we can project him to have 500, 600 rushing yards, but that probably would have happened last year for as bad as the O-line was and the lack of receiving weapons they have. Now you add in receiving weapons. They feel confident about their O-line. I don't know where they drew that conclusion because they 
didn't add anything besides Josh Jones. So we'll see how that plays out. But I think I'm just a little step back. Pick up though. Uh, I wanted to, sorry, I just wanted to touch up upon that Kyler point. Uh, actually, like, it's funny because I'm on the Cardinals projections and overall, like, what I think they're going to do as a team. And just how inefficient they were from the defensive end last year was just insane. Yeah, the most plays ran against them. I mean, they, they, had a, they had a couple of key additions that they added, obviously, Devondre Campbell from the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Isaiah Simmons added. I mean, that linebacking core was a mess last year. Obviously, Bush has touched up upon it a lot of times, but Hassan Reddick is just not the guy you want covering tight ends especially, and that was the main weakest in that defense. If you shore up that defense overall, that defense was on the field for 80 more plays than one of the highest-paced offenses in the entire league. So if you were able to take some of those plays, uh, obviously, like, you can't just project play for play, uh, giving it to the offense from the defense. But you can you can see an overall increase in plays simply based on that pace and overall a more efficient defense. I think that overall, Kyler is going to throw for more attempts than he did last year. He had 542. I think he could crack the 600, uh, 600 barrier. And that's even with, at about give or take, a 60% pass to run split. They were at 60.4% last year. So if he cracks that barrier, obviously you add DeAndre Hopkins, you still have Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald. I do think he's going to throw for between 4,200, 4,500. Again, I have to finish that, but I think he can definitely hit that. And if you if you uh, use positive regression to determine his touchdown percentage and then his interception percentage, uh, he was uh, one of the lowest touchdown percentages and one of the highest interception percentages last year. And I really think that'll come as he matures in the NFL, that offense gets more efficient. Uh 20 touchdowns last year, he finishes the quarterback gate. I think that can get up to like the 26, 27 range. And he'll still be a very, uh, very high option. So I currently have him at four. Obviously, you mentioned Dak. I'll get into him after. But uh, I just think that when you mix in the rushing volume, you mix in the uh, progression that he'll have as a passer and adding DeAndre Hopkins, I just don't think he's, there's any way he falls out of the top four this year. 26% red zone efficiency in the league. That is not good. Um, that is not something that I see being – uh, worsen this year. It's something I actually see getting remarkably better. I think with a more mature quarterback and in into his second year into this offensive system, I think they're going to open up more into the past, uh, the air raid kind of style offense. I think that's why they went and got Hopkins. They listen, they were trying to work with this air raid offense with really a faded elite wide receiver who is really nothing more than just, you know, a really great story being this long in the league, Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk, who really just wasn't able to take up you know, the big step last year, they added DeAndre Hopkins. Now they have that core one. Um, I think this is where we start seeing the air raid start to actually come back into fruition for this offense. Uh, red zone efficiency can really only get better. Uh, there's no way I see them finishing 26. Um, and even if it doesn't, he still finished as the quarterback eight last year, uh, coming into his second year where he'll make smarter choices with the interceptions, like you were mentioning. And I, I just think overall he's going to raise in in touchdowns. He's going to minimalize interceptions, and he's just he's got he's got the number one in my personal opinion. He's got not fantasy wise, but number one core receiver in the NFL in the Ironier Hopkins for a guy that can do basically anything you need him for, and, and especially a really good red zone target. I I don't see why he is anything lower than the three. Uh, especially with the mobility. Now, I do see why he may finish maybe five or six, um, but kind of looking at how I slated it out, the guy that I want is the guy that has the mobility, the guy that can increase that red zone that was terrible in efficiency. I'm, I'm very much behind uh, very much behind uh, Kyler Murray right now. Yeah, and I have him at three as well. I think basically for me, the the big – 
thing that I saw from him last year is the fact that he was a rookie and just how consistent the dude was. And it's, it speaks to his rushing floor, obviously, but he also was, it was pretty, um, pretty consistent from a passing perspective, mainly because of volume and, and opportunity in the offense. They, they cliff actually to his credit, aside from the red zone struggles, they did a pretty good job of getting him in rhythm early in games. And I mean, like there was games I owned Kyler Murray last year and there was games I was like, man, I can't play him against the Niners defense. And like, he, he, was consistent. He was steady. He would get like 18 points. That, that's basically why I have him up here. It's, it's almost to finish QB, a QB seven in points per game in, in your rookie year is, is very difficult to do. It's quarterbacks, the hardest position to transition from college to pro and Kyler Murray doing that makes me just think he's going to take an even bigger step forward now with the addition of Hopkins and uh, second year in the system and, and all that. Absolutely. Sorry. I just want to, I just want to say in terms of Kyler last year, I mean, uh, you mentioned that like we're watching games I will say, like, my, my friend actually uh, owned Kyler, and, uh, like, he, he was basically my roommate, uh, like, in school. So we'd always watch games together, and he, like, we would always have the red zone going and see what was happening. There'd be times, like, one, two quarters in, Kyler's like, oh, Kyler has four points. Like, what the heck's going on? And then he ends up finishing with, like, 20. You're like, how the heck did he get there? He's second-half specialist. It, it was insane. Like, it, it just happened all, basically almost every week, and it just shows, like, from a maturity standpoint as a rookie, think, like the, the way he was able to really turn it on. Especially I think built on just as a young quarterback, it takes it, it just takes you that much longer to finally read a defense that you need that second half where your coaches are like, are you seeing this? Yeah, I'm starting to see it. What what do I got to make that change to finally get to that point uh, where I can start being efficient in this game? Second half adjustments is like, it is really good, but the good quarterbacks in the NFL make those adjustments in the first quarter immediately, all right? After they see them, what they, the other team is practicing in defense. So, that, that, I think, is something that could also start growing in time. Maybe not immediately, where it's just still relying on the second half, maybe to like the start of the season, but start growing into, yeah, you're starting to look more efficient in the second quarter because you know what's going on. You're able to read it better. Yeah, I mean, familiarity is going to help them. I think we can all agree with that. Uh, so, yeah, I currently have them up four. Uh, this is a good way to kind of step into our next guy that, that we have tied at three. I have Dak Prescott at three, and this is completely non-biased, honestly, like honestly. Uh, I'm just looking at it from both an efficiency and a volume standpoint. I mean, the Cowboys offense is going to be really good this year. He threw 30 touchdowns last year, 11 picks. I mean, we know the baseline stats, uh, second leading passer in terms of overall yardage. And that was in a season where his overall rushing volume wasn't as high as like we've seen in previous years. The first three years in the league, six rushing touchdowns last year, only three. I think overall as a, as a passer, he's going to continue to improve both mechanically and efficiently second year in Kellen Moore's system. Obviously Mike McCarthy, big addition. Uh, as, as the new head coach replacing Jason Garrett. But, I mean, if you're looking at it from a raw volume standpoint, Mike McCarthy does throw the ball at a higher clip than Jason Garrett. Although he may not hit that 63% that we've seen in Mike McCarthy's average, I do think it does increase from the 58% last year. So, I mean, if we're, if we're trying to project that, I just think there's no way he, he finishes below 30 touchdowns. And if he does that and, in, and overall increases his rushing baseline from previous career averages, I do think there's no way he finishes outside the top four. Why do you but, see I – mean, I'm, I'm just curious. I'm not really challenging you, but, like, why do you see his rushing intake going up? Well, I average six rushing touchdowns a season up until last year. I, I don't remember how many he had last year, but it was definitely not six. Three, three last year. Yeah, I just want to mention that, too. That also helps because of the 11 personnel. Uh, again, they're going to be rushing, uh, running that, like, for the majority of the year. And when you're running 11 personnel, it really spreads out a defense. And for a guy like Dak, I mean, Kellen Moore's going to have him on design quarterback draws. That's really a strength of his game in the red zone. I mean, as a team, we've seen, especially as a Cowboys fan over the years, 
Cowboys red, red zone offense has typically been anemic. So why not get a weapon like Dak in the red zone to really churn out those uh, key critical plays uh, to ultimately get the scores? It wasn't uh, last year. I mean, it was, you know. But, I mean, like, overall throughout his career, it, it's kind of been. Yeah, the, yeah, and they're, they're also – they tend to be a little conservative in the red zone, not going forward on yeah. fourth down and stuff like that. I, I think – this is the typical argument. You're going to hear this every year. Do we want CeeDee Lamb? Do we want Michael Gallup? Do we want Amari Cooper? Do we want Blake Jarwin? Do we want Zeke Elliott? Just take the fucking quarterback. Like, yeah. Dak Prescott's going to have, like, tremendous volume, as Danny mentioned. He's going to – they're going to have probably a 60% pass to run split. And he's – like, you can pencil him in for guaranteed 4,500 yards and probably 30 touchdowns, probably a couple rushing scores on top of that. He's as safe as it gets, in my opinion, in terms of the quarterbacks on the in our top 12 here. Yeah, um, kind of why I have him lower, and the the Dak Russ kind of argument for me is very, very, very close. I just think Russ has got a little bit more of an uphill battle, where every single one of his games he's going to have to compete till the end, and he's going to have to throw the ball to do so. Uh, even with them being kind of rush heavy, that's more beginning of the game. I think end of the game, they're like, okay, we got to get the ball in Russell Wilson's hands. The reason we're paying them this much, let's let's win this fucking game. Where as Dallas, I just see there's there's such a high chance with some of the games that they play this upcoming year that it's like the games are going to be over by like the second half, like start of the second half. It's like it, it's going to be run the ball with Zeke, run the ball with Zeke. Whereas last year they were in a lot of games, like you said, you're one. Well, not that you've, you've said in past videos. Um, the one score kind of kind of games they were losing. That yeah. that's games that that they had to go to Dak and they're like, bring us the game. Um, so that's why he's fallen in the quarterback too. Not that I don't believe in him as a talent. It's more or less I'm not sure he's going to be put in those situations more because this team is better. Um, I think on the offensive end, where they're going to be scoring a lot of points, and as long as your defense just does something to hold them hold the other team down, they're going to be winning a lot of games by a lot more points than they were last year which means the ball's going into Zeke's hands a lot more. So that's really my main concern with it. Um, I think Zeke's going to be somehow more efficient this year, even though I don't really – I think I, I, mean, I have him slated, I think, as the RB4 this upcoming year. So um, even though I think more more chances are going into Zeke's hands, I still think Dak's definitely a top-five quarterback. Um, I have him at five, though, just, just off the fact that I think Russ is going to be going through a lot more games where he's going to have to claw back and win – through using his arms and and Dak's just going to be winning the game by handing it off to Zeke at the end of the game. Um, that's really just my core argument. But I mean, not, I just want to say sorry not to criticize, but uh, where where do you have both teams projected in terms of wins this year? Um, I think I have the Cowboys right now at eleven, and I have the Seahawks defense is worse than the Cowboys defense. So the Seahawks defense yeah. is is not going to be good at all. And plus the rushing offense of the Cowboys is, is significantly going to be better than, than yeah. the rushing offense of the Seahawks. Okay. Even though that forces down people's throats. It could be, it could be a simple, it could be a simple like efficiency versus volume thing. Like I know they don't want to f- have Russell Wilson throw the, throw the ball a lot, but they might have to. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I just think he's They're going to be forced in that situation because if you're depending on Carlos Hyde and uh, up and down as it's just up and down situation of Chris of Carson, Chris Carson I mean, you're you're gonna pass the ball a lot more when you got Zeke behind you and not in Cabo and getting a full uh, reset of the season where there's no there's no issues with him. He's signed. I think they're gonna be churning offensively, and it's hard for me to believe that Dak's gonna be throwing a shit ton, even though he has the the capability to do so. Well, uh, in terms of overall raw attempts last year, he wasn't even like the top of the league. The top of the league was Jared Goff, and uh, I believe it was James oh, yeah. Winston. Jared yeah. Goff threw like so, for like fifty-two yeah. attempts against the Bucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, like, he boat raced the shit out of him. 
I don't necessarily necessarily think Dak has to hit a, a high 600 type uh, attempt volume floor just to give you that efficiency. Yeah, no, like I said, I think I think he's going to be a very efficient quarterback. Like the the, the team's going to score at will. Like you can't really defend the weapons that they have. Plus, the running back is going to be probably seeing the lightest boxes he's seen in his career. So I like as long as their defense, honestly, even not even improved, just don't get injured as much as they did last year, then they're probably going to be able to tread water defensively and let their offense do the heavy, heavy lifting. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, Lucas, you can touch up on it. Like you, you didn't get to say anything. <laughs> I mean, no, they're – I mean, the thing with Kyler is we project him super high, but Dak and Russell Wilson are still going to have the same stat lines. So, yeah. like, I'm not – it's like they're, they're – All three the, of them are in the same tier for me. I have Dak in the tier one just because I think that, like, adding Lamb isn't much more than Cobb's projections or production last year. But I think just overall he'll it, – it literally lies in the fact that he's going to have those six rushing touchdowns. I think Zeke's going to be out of shape. I know for a fact he's not working that's, out that's, right now. Yeah, that's a concern. Tony Pollard, I think, is going to eat into that, meaning, like, it's a good thing because you want to have two running backs, but meaning that Dak will take more in the end zone. I think Kellen Moore is going to be more aggressive now that Jason Garrett's out the door. Mike McCarthy doesn't give a shit. He wasn't a coach last year. He's going to be aggressive and have a good time with it. So I think Dak's in my tier one. I think Russ is like – me, Russ is in tier two just because I hate having Russell Wilson on my fantasy team yeah. in the one quarterback league. That's why he's my six. It's annoying. Yeah. Yeah, right, yeah but it's, it's, about where, it's about where they're going to finish. So For uh, sure. All right. Let's move on here so we can get to the top 12. We have Deshaun Watson here as our one, two, three, four, six coming in here. Um, just, just a thing on Deshaun Watson. I, I think people, I think he's going to be the quarterback that proves the most people wrong or proves them the most right. We take a look at obviously just the team now after DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I, like I said, I don't think DeAndre Hopkins necessarily moves the needle as much as people are going to think when it comes to filling in Randall Cobb, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, combination of all those guys. Obviously, like it takes a hit, it takes a safety blanket away, but I think Deshaun's still going to produce fantasy points kind of. He was QB2 last year, but we can't take last year's finish to make rankings. I think right around six is where I would have him. You can maybe flirt with him over Russ or Kyler or Dak, but whatever, however you want to slice it. I think that what we're going to see is it's not going to be pretty, but he's going to put up the same stat lines that he's done the last however long he's been in the league because a combination of Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, Kute, Kenny Stills, Will Fuller, Isaiah Colter, David Johnson, the two tight ends. Like, it's going to be what it was last year because the vacated production always gets filled. The team didn't get any worse. I mean, they did in terms of DeAndre Hopkins, but the O-line is the same, which is bad. But it's the same, meaning that, like, he put up a QB2 season with that O-line. So, I think he's just kind of stuck in that six for me, which I don't mind taking him, but it's, like, hard to move him down or up because I see both sides do it. He yeah. might lead the league in passing attempts. <laughs> legitimately I, I think they have the worst secondary in the entire league justin reed's a stud but outside of that like the their their There's corners nobody. are all, like their corner they have vernon hargraves on their team that's how bad their corners are yeah so which is a good thing. dfs play yeah which is a good thing if yeah. this is the team you attack in your fantasy whoever like the chiefs man bombs away tyree kill might be the the number one play in dfs week one so um deshaun watson to me like i said he might lead the league in ta- pass attempts uh, he's at six for me but if people are going to really like dog on him and and not want to target him because they think, oh, he lost Hopkins. He's not going to be very useful anymore. Like, he's going to prove them wrong. He's a, he's probably one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the NFL, and he's he's going to be fantasy relevant, and he's going to have blow-up weeks like Deshaun Watson always does. So, yeah, if he's falling, like, in your drafts uh, because people are down on him, like, take advantage of their stupidity because Watson's 
probably going to finish higher than we have him ranked. Uh, I just want to, sorry. I just want to say I, I currently have him highest amongst us. Uh, uh, he, the others have him six, six for Corey and Lucas and then seven for Tyler. I have him one spot ahead of Russ. I mean, those two are neck and neck for me. The only real uh, true decider between them, in my opinion, is just I think Russ and him are both going to probably end up the same place. But I think with Russ, you're going to get more of a roller coaster simply because we've seen that he's going to have blow-up games. He's going to have those games where he busts. Whereas Deshaun, I just think with his rushing floor, he's going to give you a little more consistency. Now, I mean, losing DeAndre Hopkins, like I can't get past that. That's a, that's, that is a big deal. But, I mean, they brought in Brandon Cooks. Kenny still second year in the system. I think – that with Deshaun Watson, he doesn't necessarily need that true number one to still be able to produce. Simply well, he's got Will Fuller, so he's close. Uh, well, I mean, you're still getting the rushing floor, and you're still getting an overall array of weapons that he can still work with. And again, as Corey mentioned, that defense is going to be awful, so he's going to have a ton of volume to pair with that. So, uh, Plus, I mean, the rushing games- game is going to be inefficient, too, if you have David Johnson as your starting running back. God. Yeah, I, I, still, I still think of that clip where he's like, think, walking behind the line. I think David Johnson, like, Loki's gonna help Deshaun because I think Deshaun just like has never had that third down running, but not third down. But just I mean, he had Duke Johnson last year; they never used him. Yeah, like they never used him to his full ability. But obviously, they're gonna use David Johnson to their full ability. So I think honestly, like I think the offense might actually work. The team's still gonna be in contention for the South. Like I might move him up after this. It's just tough because like there is that overlying factor of no DeAndre Hopkins. He's also in his fifth year. Um, or they're exercising maybe his fifth year option or contract or however that's going to play out. So I think that he's going to try and compete because he needs to prove that he's worth 40 million or whatever the X amount of money is going to be. So I like, it's tough, but I think, I think it's kind of a weird comp, but I think Dak Prescott last year in terms of the ADP, we could see a similar sort of shift in terms of the offense is still good. The upside is there and the floor is still not that bad. So I like him there at six uh, quite a bit. But yeah, he could easily move up if things trend right. Mm-hmm. Moving in now to Josh Allen on our seven. Tyler, we'll let you go first because you're the only one to have him at six. Yeah, well, geez, uh, we flew because uh, I never really got to talk about Russ. So I'm just going to do like, yeah, you guys yeah. just jump right past me. All right. I'm sorry. Go. Sorry. Go. Fine. Sorry it's, like, it's literally uh, like a half second argument. 23rd in pass attempts last year and he finishes the quarterback three. LOL. That's why he's my four. So deal with it um right. so, josh, allen. <laughs> josh allen all right so uh rushing ability uh it's there um i'm very much behind josh allen as a quarterback i think he gets himself uh a wide receiver one and spawn Diggs. just an nfl wide receiver one not just you know fantasy you know he floats around but he's an nfl wide receiver one uh the team's kind of a, a very safe team for him to just keep uh nursing himself uh, not very high in pass attempts or touchdowns, and he still is very efficient as, as a quarterback, finished uh, sixth last year. Um, that's, that's built with bottom, bottom half of the league in attempts, yards, uh, all this stuff, touchdowns, passing, and he's just getting it done with his legs. And I, I really like Josh Allen now, and now he's going to go add himself uh, a wide receiver one in Stephon Diggs. We talked about that. John Brown finally is going to get another situation where he's going back into uh, a second year of a system. He's so young for uh, only having that one time. He did that in Arizona. He's very good his second year. Uh, I'm very excited to see what, what he can do. Um, the, the, coaching, uh, the coaching staff has built their offense around him. Uh, they're relying on Josh Allen. They put their faith in him. They get Jake Fromm as a clear backup. They have no intention of bringing on anyone else. Um, I'm very excited to see what he can do because I think he's a very efficient quarterback uh, for fantasy purposes. And this team overall is just going to be really, really good. I mean, they're not competing against anyone in the division. 
Uh, finally, screw you, Patriots. That's my taste. So the only – okay, so I love Josh Allen for fantasy. I was, thought, I was thinking you were going to say efficient football player because the exact opposite. Um, he just – very bad. He was fifth in bad pass percentage, um, fourth in scrambles, so it kind of just leads to – that's why he's a runner. The only thing I think we'll see regression is he had five rushing touchdowns inside the five-yard line on five attempts, and that was probably just due to a lack of not having – well. Frank Gore, but not having a power back because we saw in the playoffs the Singletary was not using the goal line. It was like Taiwan Jones or some random dude because they needed a power back. Now they have Zach Moss. I think they're just going to use Zach Moss in that red zone role. Obviously, they can. Josh Allen will have rushing. Uh, yeah, touchdowns. exactly. I mean, he only had one. He only had one game last year where he was under five attempts, not counting Week Seventeen, which. Just, yeah, so I think the reason that he's like lower than those other six is because he's a terrible passer. Adding Stephon Diggs, who. I mean, like, Stephon Diggs got all his touchdowns on deep passes last year, and now he goes to literally the worst deep passer in the league. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Well, he throws a lot of deep attempts. That's pretty much what you're banking on. To me, this is the – I I agree with Lucas. I think he is a tear break. And, I mean, maybe you could throw him into this conversation, but the top six, maybe Josh Allen, is the end of the – Put him in your lineup and forget about him, guys. And even yeah. Russell Wilson's kind of a little bit questionable in that he's, regard. He's going to get you 18 points due to rushing and then just yeah, call like the, That's what fantasy's about, right? Once, once you get past this range of, of quarterbacks every year, th- this is when we're starting to get into the high-end streamers. So, yeah. Um, But, yeah, Josh Allen, like, his weapons improved. His offensive line has more continuity. He's going to hopefully improve as a passer. He's still not the greatest passer in the world, but he, he – makes up for it in so many other ways. I, I don't see a problem with him being number seven at all. Yeah. I mean, nine rushing touchdowns. I mean, I think, I think that in itself is going to, going to do some oh, yeah. damage. I mean, he had 20, 20 passing touchdowns. I think that goes up with Diggs. I not, I think Diggs is very underrated just because of what he's had to deal with, with quarterback situations in case Keenan was his quarterback for a year. I mean, like, so it's, I think he kind of elevates quarterback play in my personal opinion. Cause I think he can make plays that, maybe poor throws he can adjust to and and that's, he draws that's car, uh, he draws a corner away from john brown and, and beasley and that's, and that's also true makes right? it easier that's, on singletary and moss and stuff as Josh well Allen so. hasn't had these past two years and i'm full full on ready to say even if even if digs i i don't have digs projected to be that ridiculously high in, in attempts in fantasy production uh, but just having him on the field is going to do going to do some really really good good things for josh allen as a passer mm-hmm. and i think he actually will improve um and he is a good deep ball thrower, just the actually shit, in all honesty. But he's got two guys to now go to in Diggs and, and Brown and then obviously Beasley and Knox. I mean, I, he's got a, a big arm, but I don't think he's necessarily a great deep ball thrower simply because the place – He throws deep balls up. a lot. That's all we look for in fantasy. He's yeah, not a lot of deep attempts. I mean, is, is that not what we want, deep balls and rushing ability? I mean, that's just two yeah. things where, like, you can uh, count on something coming out of that. I just wanted to touch up upon uh, what they did last year versus what I, what I believe they're going to do this year. Now, they're the sixth highest in terms of run to pass split last year. I think that can only increase with the adding Zach Moss to replace a, a freaking Frank Gore, who, let's be honest, I mean, he's clearly not the same player he was from the Niners days. I mean, we all know that. Uh, so being able to upgrade there, uh, you got a one-two punch in the back of Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Now, what we saw from last year is that although, again, sixth highest is still a lot, I think that could enter the top four range simply because of what they have on their offense and overall how good that team's going to be from a defensive standpoint and game strip standpoint. I mean, Josh Allen doesn't need to have a lot of passing volume to still finish in the top seven, which is why I have him at seven. 
I just don't necessarily think that the volume can match up to the top six, in my opinion, which is yeah. why I kind of have him right now as a tier of his own at seven. My yeah. last take on this real quick is he only had two games where he finished under 15 points. So yeah. it's not like that ridiculously risky. Yeah. And His floor is super games, high on a week-to-week basis. Who are those games? It was eight points against Baltimore and it was 10 against New England. Who, two elite defenses. So I, I don't think he's as risky as we think. All righty. So moving on now um, to our the BRS8. Matt Ryan is here. Um, yeah. So we're so me and Tyler have him at eight, while Corey and uh, Daniel have him at ten and eleven. So the only reason I have him at eight is because you could break down his strength of schedule, and it's not good um, just in terms of based off statistical evidence from last year. But to me, it comes down to this: O line is improved or healthy as of now. Obviously, they can get hurt or whatever. Really returned his old offense. Hayden Hurst, you could say he's worse or better than Austin Hooper. It doesn't really matter. I don't he, think can, it matters. No. he can play the tight end position. Gurley, as much as we think he's not that great, is better than Devontae Freeman. Uh, whether he stays healthy, yeah. we don't know. Yeah. But to compete in this division, they're going to need to score points. That's what it comes down to for me, for one thing. We've seen the upside he's had when the offense is clicking. Obviously, if the offense gets hurt, like, yeah, he's not going to put up points. Same for any quarterback, really. But if the all line stays healthy, if Julio and Ridley stay healthy for the whole year, Russell Gage in the slot, Hayden Hurst and Todd Gurley, and they're not playing terrible football, Dirt Cutter, and the defensive coach from last year puts together this team like they did on the last half, I think Matt Ryan could easily finish as a top four fantasy quarterback. But as of now, I have him at eight because the schedule is still hard, but they're still going to have to score points. So I think he's kind of um, just kind of chilling in the middle of like the Josh Allen tier ish teetering on the, can he go up top or is he down low? Um, but overall, I think he's still a safe bet in the later rounds. Yeah. He's a tier break for me as well. Sorry. I have Matt, I have Matt 10, but like, I, I mean, that sounds like I'm down on him, but I, I love Matt Ryan's outlook this year. I think I said Deshaun Watson might lead the league in pass attempts. I think Matt Ryan's probably throwing 600 minimum. I mean, um, Gurley might be better than Freeman, but let's not pretend that Gurley's going to be the most efficient running back in the world or that their defense is going to be good enough to the point where they can lead on, lean on Gurley to win them games. Gurley I think still gets attention though. I think that's, what yeah. And yeah, yeah. That, that definitely helps Matt Ryan. I think, yeah. I think Matt Ryan is, is basically got one of the best weapon sets in the league and he's got a, a coach who's going to pass the ball more than pretty much anyone else in the league. Yeah. I just wanted to sorry touch up upon Matt Ryan. Uh, I currently have him the lowest at 11, but again, these 8 to 11 I have, so Breeze, Wentz, uh, Stafford, and then Ryan, I mean, they're literally all interchangeable. I'm just going to take whoever's cheapest, uh, to be quite honest. Now, when you're talking about Matt Ryan, again, the first thing you got to mention is the surrounding cast that they have on that team. It's one of the top five overall uh, weapons in the entire league. I mean, you got Julio Jones, you got Calvin Ridley, you got Russell Gage in the slot, Hayden Hurst to take up the Hooper role. And ultimately, although we are down in terms of efficiently, efficiency on what Gurley's going to be able to do, He's still, again, an improvement off the concussion-riddled uh, Devontae Freeman. So uh, I think that offense is going to be top five again. You're just splitting hairs between these uh, these ultimate eight to 11 spots. So although I do have them at 11, again, I'm really high on uh, what I think Matt Ryan's going to be able to do this year. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm just big in Matt, uh, on Matt Ryan. Uh, start off, we'll, we'll do the fun argument that everyone kind of likes talking about is the up, down, up, down, up, down. Uh, this is the up. Uh, so get excited. Um, but that, that's kind of it's, it's kind of a joke because he did miss he missed one game last year, which would have found him in the top ten had he performed and just ran to his average. Um, I, I just think he's he's just a really good play, and I don't think eight is is that that outlandish for him. Uh, yes, first in pass attempts. Do I really believe that may happen again? Honestly, potentially. 
but I think Gurley will take some efficiency and, and they'll prove that, yes, they're going to have to run the ball a little bit more, uh, at least to win. But yes, like you made the point, Lucas, this is a, this is a division. They're going to have to pass a lot to win. Yeah. And I even think, uh, well, we know about Tampa and, and New Orleans, uh, even with Carolina, I think that's still a team that yeah. has a chance. They to win. Their, their defense is not good. Too. Against, like against Hell yeah, that's, that's a fucking smash matchup two times yeah. a year. Against like, anyone who plays Carolina their is a smash matchup. Their secondary was trash last year. They lost their best corner in the offseason. So, uh, yeah. By the way, I just want to say one thing with Atlanta, too. They led the league in terms of pass or run split last year at 66.7%. They're not going to dip below. That's not going to change with Cotter's That's not going to change. And, I, and what, I, what I'm saying is why – okay, Tyler, yeah, Carolina kind of sucks. Yeah, but it's still the Atlanta defense. So, either way, when they're facing maybe an offense that we see as like, okay, they're not really that great, they're going to do good shit when it's against Atlanta because they're just not a good defense at all. And their adjustments to it really wasn't enough for me to say, yeah, they'll be okay. Um, which is their best corner is a rookie too right yeah, now. Yeah. Right, like they, they, like they lost Trufant. I mean, Trufant wasn't good last year, but he's still, a, he was still a veteran player. And Terrell might have a, a rookie welcome to the NFL moment when he's got Mike Evans on the opposite side of him. Maybe, so. maybe Mike, yeah, maybe Mike Evans, Jamar chases him. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I think um, on top of the whole up down thing, I hate that argument because no one actually <laughs> yeah. takes into perspective like the pass run split, the passing attempts on average in the league, whatever. But He's a safe bet because I think people are going to be off of him because of what he did last year. This happens every time that he rises up. It's because he's a low ADP. People believe in him, and there's a lot of production to be had there. So we'll He definitely plays fantasy and takes quarterbacks late round or something because it's like every time he's drafted highly, he does poorly. <laughs> for sure, for sure. All right, moving on next to our next guy. We have four left here. We'll try and speed it up a little bit. Um, Tom Brady. And Carson Wentz are tied at, I don't even know what number we're on now, 9A and 9B, I think, or t- I don't even know. Tom Brady, Carson Wentz, it's in the middle of the screen. Um, so we have two sort of breakdowns here. So Brady, Bush has him at 9. We have him outside of our 10. And then Wentz, me and Danny have him at 9. You guys have him at 13. So we'll start with Brady. Um, so Bush, why do you have Brady at 9, maybe, other rather than Matt Ryan, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, like, I think um... – the pass attempts are obviously going to be about the same. Like Brady passed, people probably don't know this. Brady passed the ball at a very high. Like they passed the ball a lot in New England last year, more than you would expect for a defense that was as good as their defense was. And it's mainly because they couldn't run the ball. And while I think, I think actually personally, I think Ronald Jones is an upgrade compared to what they had in New England. And from a rushing perspective, maybe not like James White or whatever. Um, I think Brady's going to be super efficient. I think the offensive line is improved with the addition of Tristan Wirfs. The, the offensive line has improved. I think it's better than New England's offensive line was last year. And when you have a, um, a 43-year-old quarterback who's finally going to get to be able to kind of design his own offense and work with the coaching staff and figure out what he likes and whatnot, I mean, the guy's got two all-pro caliber receivers. Like, it's hard not to rate him up here. If, you, if we all assume that Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are going to be top eight fantasy receivers, the quarterback's got to be at least top 12, right? For sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, me and Tyler uh, here have them at the lowest at 12. I, again, as I mentioned, like the 8 to 12 can literally be interchanged. Like I, I have really no preference. I'm just going to take the cheapest. In terms of why I have Brady this low, obviously the passing volume is going to be there. I just think that maybe apart from Matt Ryan, uh, the others are going to give you a little bit more of a rushing floor. So, I mean, that, that's kind of the baseline to that. But, again, I think they're all going to kind of be in the same area, you know, 4,500 or so passing yards. 
28 plus touchdowns. So, I mean, depending on who you pick, just pick your flavor and move on. That's my, that's my point on that. And and with the, uh, with the rushing though. Yes. So all the guys has the rushing floor above him. Um, And then with Matt Ryan, he has the, Oh yeah, they're going to be the number one in pass attempts. So really that's, that's my kind of discrepancy. And uh, him at 12 is just an adjustment to the offense. I know that's like such a stupid argument yeah. when it comes no, that's, to that's that's a fair concern. Yeah. When, when it comes to, the, the, to Tom Brady is like one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. One of, I'm a Dolphins fan. I can say that. Tom, Dan Marino, just kidding. Um, so yeah, there's going to be a minor, there'll be a minor adjustment to, uh, to just the offense in general. So I don't really think he's going to be uh, right off the bat, really, really incredible. But we look at the teams in the division, you got the box, you got, no, sorry, the, no, you got the Falcons and Carolina. Uh, two teams that you're going to play four times a year who are terrible when it comes to their secondary and you're going to torch them. But what does that mean? Does it mean you guys blow them out of the water and then now you're in, let's just run the ball and kill the clock or, you know, so that's, that's kind of where I'm picturing it. It's hard. It's hard right now for me to really buy into Tom Brady right now, but him at the 12, I think is, is very feasible. He's still a quarterback one in my eyes. The the COVID situation, like um, knock on wood, it seems like it's improving so that the like uh, the perspective of training camp is looking a lot more likely than it was maybe yeah. a couple months ago. Because if if there was no training camp and he like he's already working with his teammates, there's they're at <laughs> um, parks and schools in Tampa right now, like throwing the ball around. So like that was my biggest concern with the with the transition. I know he's the greatest quarterback of all time, the greatest, but um, switching uh, <laughs> switching offenses after 20 years has got to be some kind of adjustment and obviously yeah. having Gronk there definitely helps him a little bit in terms of a chemistry perspective but if they have full training camp I'll feel a lot better about the adjustment period as opposed to if they didn't have training camp or if it was like shortened or something like that yeah yeah I think to me like okay I have him behind Breeze and Carson Wentz like they're all in a tier him oh yeah yeah Carson Wentz. like to me, like we can say, is the offense going to adjust to his skill set? Well, yes, it is because if Bruce Arians doesn't use tight ends, they wouldn't have signed Gronk out of retirement. So, like, they're going to mold some type of offense that's not even close to the Patriots, but it's not even close to what they ran last year. Godwin will stay in the slot. I think Evans will play really whatever the hell he wants. I think Evans can do that. I think he's so elite at downfield <laughs> possession catches. That's what he does, but they will yeah. be fine. I'm not worried about the offense transitioning. And really, like, no offense to, like, the defense, not saying they're bad at the Saints defense. None of the division defenses in that division are, like, like great by any means. Like, fantasy Probably points will be bad. I would, I would argue the Bucks are the best. Our defense – I think our defense is the best in the division. And what I'm going to say right now, though, is that our defense is super aggressive. Like, Todd Bowles blitzed the second-highest rate in the league last year. So, there's a chance we get burned for some long touchdowns, and that'll create some – uh That'll create some opportunities to throw the ball. And yeah. I, I don't think our defense is one that invites, like, close games. I think we're going to either blow you out or get blown out kind of defense. For sure, which can be a good thing either way because it means you're going to be scoring or maybe they score back and they're going to have to score again. So I think it's just going to be get a lot, lot of turnovers too, which will help the offense as well. Yeah, so I think it's going to be a lot of points to be had in that division. So I think it's a perfect spot here. Uh, we'll transition down to Carson Wentz. Um, so I have him at nine. Danny has him at nine. So I guess, Corey, why do you have him at 13? Or you and Tyler, you guys can go first since you have him the lowest. Uh, you can go, Tyler. Yeah, so built on injury. Um, I yeah, I know that sounds, it, it, but you gotta you gotta take it into your rankings when you're when you're considering yeah, this he's stuff. Played a full season, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, wait, I'm, I so you, I missed that. I'm sorry. I don't think he hasn't played, played a, full, a full season. He said, "Yeah, so, like, so yeah, um, he has to take into account." Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, he played 16 last year. 
uh, finished oh. the quarterback 10. Um, but I don't know. Oh, I, think the, I think the options uh, got better for him. Um, more, at least, you know, I think they're going to run a little bit more efficiently. But Miles Sanders, I think, is going to be the core base of that, of that offense. I don't really think they're going to rely on Wentz too much. I think he has the correct weapons, at least, you know, a resemblance of the correct weapons for him to start looking like he can do a little bit more when it comes to the passing game. But I think Miles Sanders is just going to take that one step up and it's going to kind of be the one, a one B in that offense where the one A is clearly going to Miles Sanders. And then, then it's thinking about going to the passing game. Um, not that uh, we've seen that kind of history from Doug Peterson in the past, but I think it's just built uh, just kind of what they built with this. Uh, I'm really confident in Miles Sanders right now. And I don't really think the volume for Wentz will be as high as last year. Not that it was ridiculously high, but towards the end of the season, I think is what we're going to kind of see a mirror of where he's sitting around in the 17 range. I don't, I don't really think there'll be those explosive games at all. Um, but I think the offense is going to be a little bit more efficient than it was last year. I just find him at 13 because it's hard for me to put him over Brady's offense. And in all honesty, I think Daniel Jones is rushing upside. It's hard for me to do that. And then Breeze, I have above him as well that's just built off of the offense efficiency. I'd rather take those offenses and those quarterbacks uh, than Wentz. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, sorry. One thing I just wanted to touch on before, cause I'm also kind of low on him as well. Um, to me, Carson Wentz, I like, I don't dislike him. I like, I know I have him at 13 and I'm, that's like the, like the lowest on him, but I like his, I like his situation. I, I think the way they built their defense is not smart and it's going to invite a lot of pass attempts. Cause basically they have one good corner and you just don't throw Darius Slay's way and you're going to be fine as an, as an opposing offense. So yeah, exactly. It's going to be similar to what the Rams experienced last year where no one threw at Ramsey. They just threw at whoever else their corners were and, and they had success doing that. So I think, and Carson Wentz's weapons to me, they're a little like, I, they yeah. don't excite me. Like Jalen Rager's a great prospect, but he might have an adjustment to the NFL. Like Alshon Jeffrey's still yeah. there. He's still probably going to play decent Deshaun snaps. Jackson. Deshaun Jackson will play one week this year, and then he'll go down. Marquise Goodwin will probably play three weeks and go down. Like the weapons are still unclear to me. Like yes, there's a lot of guys there, and if every one of them hit, they would all be good. But <laughs> I anticipate at least two of those guys not being effective. So um, I mean, I just kind of like the the surrounding talents of the quarterbacks I have ahead of them right now. That's kind of why I have Wentz at 13, plus uh, the injury concern, as Tyler mentioned. I, I just wanted to touch up on that. Obviously, yeah, the injury concern, but uh, I don't really take into account, like, injury projections when I'm projecting my finishes. I think you should. I, well, I mean, not, not, not fully, though, because, I mean, injuries in general will can happen to literally anybody. So if you're just going to project a baseline of, say, this guy's finishing 16 games, I do think if Carson Wentz plays 16 games, he will be a top 10 option. Now, when you talk about the situation, they, you, they typically run out of 12 personnel with two of, in my opinion, the top 10 uh, tight ends in terms of talent in the entire league. And Zach Ertz went 135 targets last year. And Dallas Goddard, who – Yeah, but those guys out. aren't downfield threats, though. Like, they're yeah. not – like, but, and like I mean, they're good in the red zone and stuff. But to me, like, to me, they're, it's the receiver core that makes me like, okay, like, yeah, like I, – yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I've heard people say that the Eagles have like this great supporting cast all of a sudden just because they drafted Jalen Rager. And to me, it's like, it's not fixed yet. Like it might be, but it, it doesn't seem like it's like fixed. I was going to get into that though, but uh, just talking about the tight ends initially, again, those two guys combined for about 230 targets last year out of Carson Wentz's total attempts, which is by far one of the highest in the entire league, maybe only behind the Baltimore Ravens in terms of uh, overall uh, volume to their tight ends. When you're looking at Carson Wentz, I mean, when he did have an array of weapons, the receivers are talented. Again, they just weren't dependent upon in terms of availability. I mean, 
You're adding Jalen Rager, who was a top five receiver for me in this draft class. You're getting Deshaun Jackson back, who went healthy, is one of the best field stretchers in the entire league. You still have Alshon Jeffrey, where when he plays, he can provide that sort of possession-type aspect to their offense. And in general, I mean, Miles Sanders is going to develop as a pass-catching weapon out of the backfield. I do like Boston Scott. So I do think he has adequate weapons. You couple those in. Uh, they were only uh, 20th overall last year in pass-to-run ratio, and that was typically because of all their receivers getting hurt. You're getting these guys back. I think that could be about the league average range. So if Carson Wentz is able to get those guys back, I do think he throws for about 4,500. Now, just it depending on uh, how comfortable he is with uh, the rushing volume, because I do think he will have a little bit more rushing exposure uh, three years off of the ACL injury. So uh, for me here, I have him at nine, but again, that eight to 12 range is all interchangeable, but I just think with the rushing floor that uh, Carson Wentz provides, coupled with the overall uh, uh, increase in volume with the passing offense and the guys coming back from injury, I do think he uh, finishes at about the nine range for me. Yeah, I absolutely hate having Carson Wentz on my team, but he finishes the top 12 quarterback every time he plays really in points per game. Um, he had his lowest TD rate in his career while having 160 more attempts than the second highest season in his career. So that's just going to re- – it's going to regress positive, positive regression if the attempts hold up most likely. Obviously, you can just bank on that. And he has the seventh easiest um, pass defense efficiency schedule. So, like I said, I'm not drafting him because – the receiving, like I know Bush touched on it, it's just a bunch of speedy guys. Like that doesn't, it works for the Chiefs because they have Travis Kelsey. Like if they didn't have Travis Kelsey, the offense would not work. Like it's straight, it's true because you have to have a possession guy. Yes, they have Zach Ertz, maybe, but yeah, like Rager couldn't do it in college. I get that he had um, no good quarterback at TCU, but if he was that good, it would have worked out a little more than it actually did. I like Rager, but if he can't do it in college with a bad quarterback, why could he do it against elite NFL corners with a, probably average quarterback. So I think he's just kind of in that tier for me, but like, I don't know if I'll have him in many leagues just because I never, he's like Russ kind of just kind of inconsistent and never really huge upside. All right. Two more guys, Matt Stafford. And then we have Drew Brees down below to round out the 12. So Matt Stafford for me is just exactly what we saw last year. He was the QB two. I remember if he got, before he got injured, the officer, the offense like got better, but they so they lost Graham Glasgow, which actually hurts a lot. I I didn't really know how good he was. I started looking into it more for the the Broncos. I don't. They didn't replace really any like key offensive linemen. Um, DeAndre Swift's coming in. I just think that the team is I a team. I kind of compared them to the Eagles in sort of the way that like their team's just like an eight and eight, nine and seven team that has the potential to be like. Um, 12 and 4. So I think it's going to be a lot of throwing attempts. I think he's safe. I think that he's due to the amount of throwing attempts. It won't matter how inefficient they are. He'll be a QB 1 right at the uh, what 11 spot for us and the 12 for me. So that's my take on Matt Stafford. Yeah, he'd be higher for me if it wasn't for the back injuries. Like I'd probably have him like top 8 if he was like a completely healthy uh, like quarterback. Because like, like, like you said, as we saw, he was like a top 5 quarterback like week in and week out when he played last year. I don't really have much else to say about Matt Stafford. So I, I, I think he's he's pretty – if he's healthy, he's locked and loaded as a QB1 all day. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to touch up on – I know I say that a lot, but uh, I currently have him a little bit as the highest. I mean, it's splitting hairs, but 12, 12, 11, I have him at 10. Now, uh, again, the back injury obviously is going to impact that, as Corey mentioned. If he was fully healthy, if we knew uh, that he was going to step in and take off where he was last year, he would be in the top seven, top eight range. So uh, the reason why I have him at 10 is, again, he has one of the best supporting casts, in my opinion, in the entire league. I mean, 
a young support, uh, young developing tight end last year, uh, top pick in TJ Hawkinson, uh, Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay is one of the best wide receiver duos in the entire NFL, in my opinion. Both are extremely efficient, extremely productive when they're both on the field together. And then coupled with obviously carry on Johnson, but you can't rely on him. That's why they have DeAndre Swift, who's more of a natural pass catcher, in my opinion. So you're getting all these factors coupled with Matt Stafford returning from injury. I do think if he plays 16 games, he may even finish higher than 10. Again, similar to Carson Wentz, just when you take into the injury concerns a little bit, it does knock him a bit for me. Yep, phenomenal last season uh, till he got hurt. I think he is ready for week one, ready to go, and I think he's got some great weapons. And as far as Drew Brees, I think that's just a phenomenal offense. I think that's why I'm coasting at him at, at nine. Uh, Corey's keeping him out of our top 10, which is just very sad. Quick shed of a tear for the NOLA fans. Um, I'm very much into Drew Brees for one single year and one single year only because he's retiring at the end of this year. Yeah, I have him at eight. Again, when he played last year, he was one of the most efficient, one of the best quarterbacks in the entire league, as he typically usually is. Number one in adjusted DVOA at 39%, even ahead of, even ahead of Lamar, who for 27 touchdowns in 11 games. All they did was add to that offense in the offseason, adding Emmanuel Sanders, Adam Troutman in the draft. Uh, Cesar Ruiz at center was their first-round pick. So I think they're really building to make a, a, a last run with Drew Brees at quarterback. And uh, in general, you're getting a healthy Alvin Kamara, not to mention, who's one of the most elite receiving weapons out of the backfield. I just think there's no way that Drew Brees throws for less than 30 touchdowns, throws for less than 4,500 yards this year. I, I'm just going to quickly make my – before we get out here, I know we've been running a little long on this one. I, I just think Drew, Drew Brees is a declining player, and I honestly just like the other guys ahead of him. I'm not going to own him anywhere because I probably know he's going higher than I have him ranked. And the, he had a 7.1 touchdown uh, rate last year. I think that probably goes down. I, the offense is, is a run-heavy offense, and I think they have a great defense um, along with that. So that's just my case on Brees. I don't hate Brees. I just don't really want to own him anywhere because he, like, he also doesn't have a rushing floor as well. Yeah, I mean, it's just – we talked about it yesterday. He just finishes high no matter what is thrown his way. Um, but, yeah, like Bush, I don't know if I'll own him. I mean, he's pretty inconsistent in when he produces. And, yes, he doesn't rush. Apparently, Taysom Hill is the heir to Drew Brees, so he will rush to some extent. But he's He just might kinda, siphon some touch – like some plays away from him too. Like, yeah. like stupidly, just, that'll piss you off if you own Drew Brees. For sure. So, he's just kind of like on the Carson Wentz. Like, he's going to finish high just because he is. Um, and But – is that fantasy relevant? Not necessarily. So yeah, he's my, I think my 10, like I said. Okay. Well, guys, it's been a pleasure. Uh, that's been our quarterback rankings, uh, one through 12. Uh, guys, it's been phenomenal. Let's wrap up for quarterbacks. We'll have running backs and wide receivers and tight ends and all that fun stuff as well. Check it out on the channel, subscribe, hit the bell, like, comment, do whatever you got to do. Is that it guys? Yeah. Good. See you.